what's up? My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in to the GT Young Adults Podcast. We're a community, a part of GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus and have a passion to learn and live like him and have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to his truth and his hope, so lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks for listening. it's week seven of a series called The Christian Walk. The heart behind this series was to walk through, not verse by verse, but to actually take a look at the different times and moments where Paul actually uses this phrase to walk in, fill in the blank. He says it like seven or eight times in the book of Ephesians, which is really, really intriguing. Uh, The book of Ephesians itself would have been passed around a lot. It's probably one of his more central letters, kind of like Romans. And so we wanted to like unpack it because we've really been into that lately, like taking books of the Bible, getting through them all, um, really looking at not just general large themes, but like the fine details of these like beautiful little moments that Paul, whoever's writing, is writing. Um, and so tonight we're, we're doing the same thing. He kind of has one more walk in before we get to like the armor of God in chapter six. And we've been in Ephesians five for a few weeks now. It's been walk in love and walk in light. And then this week it's walk in wisdom. If you're taking notes, walk in wisdom. The whole idea of this letter again, just a really quick context, is this first half is like all the grace and the goodness of Jesus. Like, if you read it, Paul is saying, like, listen, it is by grace you have been saved. Like, you've been made alive in Christ. Like, you've been transformed by him. There's freedom now for you. And I think you've heard that. That's like chapters one through three. And then kind of like four, five, and six are like, now now that we know that, how do we be imitators of God? How do we actually live this out? What does the Christian walk look like? And I want to give some, like, deeper context into Paul. Because I think we've, I've told you that. I've told you why the letter, who the letter, how the letter, many times. But a note about Paul. I want you to understand his framework, and this matters, I think. He's like, he's like a spiritual parent who's constantly writing these letters to, to the different churches as he's helped plant these churches. You can understand the ownership he has. Or he's helping, and he's, he's helping a lot of new Christians who have a mindset of, of the ways that they did as Jews. And now, now they have this newfound love of this word, grace. And grace is such like a wild, crazy thing in their minds. Like, wait, what? We're just saved by, by, what? by grace? I don't have to do anything? I don't have to work at it? I don't have to like clean my hands before this and that and make sure that I do this thing many times? No, it's, it's by grace that you're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And they're so like blown away by grace. Like you can see it in the way he writes Galatians. You can see it in the way he writes Colossians. Like, you can see it all, especially in Ephesians and Philippians, kind of those four main letters. They're so enamored by grace, they're just doing anything they want. They honestly are. They're just getting hammered. They're sleeping around because grace, grace is so good. Guess what? We can go do this. We can go there. We could stay up late and eat junk food. I don't know why I thought that's not like a bad thing. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just anything you want to do, they're doing it because grace. And Paul is trying to like actually reel them in a little bit. He's trying to reel them in. You see this a lot, like I said, in Galatians, but you see it here too. He's like, yes, there's freedom. Yes, grace is wonderful, but hold on a second. Because of that grace, we also honor God in the way we live. Because of that grace, he's also helped us see that not all those things are actually helpful. Like, it all may be permissible. It's not all beneficial. Like, he's trying to help people see that just because grace is so powerful, just because grace does wash away every sin, like we sang tonight, like our, I say this all the time because that song gets to me 
but my sin was great, but your love is greater, we sang in that song, right? Because grace is so powerful, he's trying to help them see you should honor that grace by living in such a way that honors God, that imitates God. And so that's kind of his heart. Because I do think, and I think maybe I, I sometimes forget this when I preach, that when we get to the how to live, the how-tos, if you will, whether it's Paul, whether it's the Sermon on the Mount, whatever it is, I think sometimes I don't realize, but maybe you're seeing or feeling that it can sound a bit legalistic. Like, I understand that. Like, it almost feels like, so now I'm just, I have, you say it's about grace, but then you just gave me five things to do this week. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm trying to say? And so I'm trying to help you understand, like, that's not what Paul's heart is. That's not my heart. And we are going to talk about something that I think there's been some controversy about in the Christian world for many, many years tonight. But I need you to know he's coming in as like that spiritual father for them saying, listen, I know this grace is so powerful, but it doesn't mean we abuse it. It means we honor it, that we use it for God's glory. And so that's the heart. That's his heart when he writes Specifically, I think these five or six verses that we're gonna to read tonight. So again, that's Paul's mindset. It's important that you have that. This is uh, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. If you, got, if you got your Bible, go there. There's a blue one in front of you. It's also on the screens. Are you ready tonight? A little bit better. Like four or five times a night, I ask you if you're doing good. And all I want is one time you guys to absolutely lose your minds, but it just never happens. Maybe one day. Like I can only pray. Look carefully, it says. Look carefully than how you walk, there's that word, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. Not a ton of verses here, but that's okay. It's kind of my favorite way to do it. Firstly, a note on wisdom. Help, like, this is the heart, that we would walk in wisdom. I don't know if we talk about it enough. Like, I think we love to talk about love and grace and, and sacrifice and all those things on the cross, but I think we sometimes forget about wisdom or things like holiness because they can sometimes come off just cerebral. Well, feelings and a heart and emotion are things we all feel all the time every day, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's quick and easy to get to love and grace and faith, but it's not always easy to talk about things like wisdom and holiness and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it gets skimmed by a bit. I wanted tonight, friends, to give you, provide for you a really solid definition of wisdom, um, but it's just a really big term. It's just, it's just, there's a lot to talk about when you talk about wisdom. And it's, it's dense, it's robust, it's deep. And everything I was coming up with just felt cheesy. I just didn't feel like I could give it one definition. And I do think that Paul describes it in a specific way here, which we'll get to. The interesting thing about wisdom is it can look different to everyone. Right, like how many times would you say like, I think we should go this way. And your friend is like, no, no, we should definitely take this way, right? And one person is right, one person is definitely wrong. This week, I don't know if some of you follow my wife on Instagram, like Bo kept asking me for a glass of milk 
recently. He just wanted some milk. He wanted some milk. He's really into milk. I don't know. We're not like a milk family. It's not like milk's at the table much, like cereal, and that's about it. But he's just every morning, Dad, I want some milk. And once in a while, we'll spice it up, chocolate milk. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We'll get a little groovy. But uh, he's, he's just loving milk. And so he was asking me for milk. He was asking me for milk. And I was like, yeah, I'll get you, bud. One second, bud. Yeah, I'll get you a cup of milk. And I don't know where Bo just went. I think we turned around, and, and this is what we saw. This was on our Instagram this week. This was Bo. That's like, that's not a glass of milk. That's, that's a Tupperware, right? Like, look what he's drinking out of. That thing is bigger than his face. Like, what's wrong with this kid? He just, like, going for it. Like, he just was chugging this thing back. And I was like, Bo, 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 like, screaming at him. And he just was like, he didn't even stop drinking. He went, what, Dad? And he just went, boom, down his, down his thing. And it was just like, it was so ridiculous. Like, this little kid in his sweet little tidy undies, whatever he's doing, goes to the fridge, gets on the thing, gets up. And after I'm asking him, like, what were you thinking? Why didn't you just get a cup? And he literally, he brought me over to, the, to our little drawer that they can pull out. And he pulls it out and he goes, it's smaller, Dad. Like, this is the cup. You know, it's like little Ikea cups are like this big. I'm like... He showed me it, and he went, and he grabbed the Tupperware. He's like, it's so much bigger. Dad, it's so much bigger. And he just kept showing me how big this Tupperware was. I was like, yeah, I know. We put leftover pasta in the Tupperware, not a cup of milk, kid. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, for him, it was like, duh, bigger is better. More milk, bigger bow. Like, he's just, you know what I mean? He was just really, this is wisdom, Dad, right? And for me, I'm like, Buddy, you're going to spill, which he told You can take it down now. You don't have to leave my naked son up there, Darian. Leave, come on, leave him, give him a break. I'm teasing him enough. Like, he, he spilled everywhere after the, after the cute Instagram post. Yeah, everywhere. You don't see that on the Instagram, right? Like me, like, with the mop, like, mopping stuff up. For him, it makes so much sense. Bigger, more milk, numb. <laughs> For me, I'm like, bigger mess. Not, not a good idea. And, and he didn't even use, like, the, the corner to sip. He started sipping right on the straight. I'm like, this kid... Wisdom for many people is going to look different. Different decision, different place, different road to take, different route, whatever it is. We often assume wisdom is just knowledge, knowing what's best, discernment, smarts, cerebral thinking, IQ. But truthfully, you guys, that's not really what Paul's getting at here. There's so much context here that we have to unpack. He says, be careful not to walk unwisely, but to walk wisely. This Greek word is this Greek, this is this, it's so fast, it's called. And it's, it's not just smarts, it's not just that. Yes, that's included in it, but that's kind of only half of it. It's this cultivated skill of knowledge, which I think is really intriguing. He's saying, it's not just that you know stuff, it's that you journey to understand and learn and grow specifically, not just in your head, but actually in everything you do. That's wisdom. That's what he's, what's he, what he's sharing here. It's, it's a long-term process by which we grow as Christians. It's not just this, it's not biblical IQ or emotional EQ if you've taken that test. Like, it's not all of that stuff. Paul's writing here, he's saying, wisdom is a cultivated skill, this is important, that you grow with the Spirit in, that inspires you to create and make the most out of every opportunity. I really believe this. This, I was like, this is a powerful thought. My favorite verse in here is actually verse 16. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 16, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Making the best use of your time. Friends, every day is your best day to make a wise decision. And Paul's saying, don't waste it. You wanna be wise? 
You want, to be, you want to be filled with wisdom? Then link up with the Holy Spirit and make the best out of your opportunity today with whatever God has given you, however he skilled you, however you're thinking, whatever you're learning, however you're growing, you want wisdom, you want to keep fighting for wisdom, you want to walk in wisdom, then make the best of every opportunity. I want to say something to you that I think is really profound, but I don't think it's going to come off that way. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. There's a lot of great sermons on this idea. Every day there's an opportunity. Every opportunity for you, for me, to cultivate, to create, to grow. Friends, I want you to grow. That is so my heart. I want you to ask questions, hard questions. I want you to seek after those answers. I want you to adventure. I want you to learn. We want you to make mistakes. I want you to make mistakes. I want my kids to make mistakes. That's how they grow. That's how they learn. I want you to pray. I want you to pray again. I want you to fall in love. I want you to experience pain, take risks. Like I, 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 That's the heart, to read lots, whatever it may be. Whatever you do, make the most out of your day. Seek wisdom in every opportunity. That's what he's saying. And if you've seen that show four or five times, don't watch it again. <laughs> like, do, do it differently. Don't waste your life. Don't invite that friend back in your life that was toxic and it's again, and it's just like, don't waste your life. That's what Paul's saying here. Wisdom would say, to, like, to walk unwisely would be to continue to, to walk into the evil days, but to actually understand that there is, it's important as Christians that we make the best use of the time, your time, our time. I was reading one, one scholar this week, really smart guy, and he was saying how Paul is actually using very similar terminology to Exodus 31, and he related, and I wanted to show it to you tonight. It says this in verse one, then the Lord said to Moses, Totally different verse. This is Old Testament. See, I have chosen Bezel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, and the tribe—excuse me—of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him. This is important. With the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all kinds of skills. All of this is combined here. He's saying to make artistic designs. Excuse me, uh, for for work in gold and silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Wisdom is not just this this knowing thing. It's more than that. It's knowing yourself and how you've been designed and created and what he's calling you to do. So are you, are you a creative? Is that it? So wisdom would say, be creative. Make the use out of that. See that there's a gift there. Understand it's how God's like truly gifted you and, and put passion in your heart and use it every single day. Don't waste your life. Are you a learner? Then learn. Like, Learn, like, every, what, I don't know what that is. Play, get, learn guitar, like a new language. I don't know, like, find the thing for you. God has gifted you in that. Like, you want to learn. I hate learning. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how long is this gonna take? Like, I'm just not, I just want, you know what I'm saying? That's just, but you, if you have it, no, I love learning. You guys know Jordan Baker, right? He's always saying how much he loves to learn. I'm like, that's great, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care, Jordan. You learned something new today. Five gold stars, is that good enough? Like, but I love that about him because he wants to learn. It's encouraging. He's a good learner. He's invested in it. It's how God's created him. He doesn't want to waste his time. So he takes time to learn. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say tonight? Like, this is really important. Wisdom is not just knowing stuff. It's understanding how God's designed you. Are you a coach? Then coach people well. Be around people. How many meetings have you set up this week to, to be encouraged and to encourage someone else? Don't be unwise, be wise. 
meaning cultivate and make great use of your time. And then next he says, don't be foolish, but understand the will of God. That's kind of that next like contrast. He kind of has these like different moments. Don't be like unwise, be wise, don't be foolish, follow the will of God. And then finally he says, don't get hammered, get hammered on the spirit. That's kind of the three main thoughts he has here. On our path to walking in wisdom, we have to cultivate a closeness with the will of God. Which I know for some of you, when I said that, you like instantly shrugged or sighed because the will of God has often been linked with like calling and career and like that piece of your life. And I get it. It's not maybe, it's not a fair comparison all the time. And we do this as preachers and I apologize for that. It's not always a fair comparison. Is the will of God linked to your call on your life, sure. But is it the only thing, Link? No, it's not. And that's sometimes we've, we've, we've gone too hard on that. It's not just like X marks the spot and I just have to follow that and all my life's wishes of career, life, family, relation, all that will be perfect. That's not, again, not fully what Paul is saying here. Wisdom, don't be foolish, but understand the will of God, he says. I, think, I do think sometimes that we think the will of God is like a bit of a treasure map, you know? I'll never forget during when COVID first hit, it was Georgia's birthday. Like COVID hit March 14th, she's born March 24th. And, and for a little girl who was turning at the time, I guess four, like birthdays are kind of a big deal. Also, my wife has always, every single year Georgia has been born, gone absolutely ham on her birthday. Like the budget for Georgia's birthday is not adequate or it's not equal when you look at the budget for Bo's birthday, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, like live unicorn, like she got a real unicorn one year. No, I'm just kidding. But like, she's just got like all the things and the presents and the cakes. And like every year it's an ongoing joke that we're going to be up to like two in the morning setting up for Georgia's party. And for Bo, it's like, do we have a cake? You know, we do love him. He's working through it. He's seeing counseling about it. It's fine. Um, and I'll never forget, we're like, what are we gonna do this year? And so her uncle, Uncle Brett, like drew her a map and we stopped at this person's house and then this person's house and it was frozen themed. And so she was all dressed up and we got in the car and we drove and we stopped at one spot and there was a little gift out and she walked out and she, you know, all the, we even decorated the car like frozen sled. <laughs> like, but was born literally a month later. I couldn't tell you what we did. Like, I mean this, you know? And I think we sometimes think it's like that. I'm gonna get all dressed up. I'm gonna go here first. And that's my first pit stop. And that's good. And God's will, perfect. And then my next pit stop is gonna be at 4520, whatever street. And then I'm gonna go to this one. And guys, that's not how it works. That's not what Paul's talking about. It's not a treasure map you have to follow. That's not what the will of, that's not like the heart of it. That's not it. The will of God is, is, is about knowing and discerning just what is pleasing to him in the everyday. It's just like, it's understanding and understanding, like what is it, the accurate, what is, how do I live a way that would be accurate to how God wants me to live? That's it. Like that's, that's his heart. The will of God is more about knowing and discerning what is pleasing and accurate to the way God wants us to just live our lives. So every day you have a choice, truly. And, and he talks about it in Galatians, it's spirit or flesh. Every day you have a decision to walk in wisdom about how God has called you to live. Like, and he says that he gives you an example right after when it, with alcohol. And I think this is, again, really key. I'm not saying the will of God does not have to do with your calling or your career or your life. It does. But it's not just this one big thing that happens so far in the future. It's about Monday mornings, friends. It's about Tuesday, how you treat your fellow employees. It's about Wednesday, the way you 
take that phone call. It's about Thursday, about how you treat a friend or reach out. The will of God is to just live in the way that is pleasing to him and, and listening to him and asking God, what would you say here? I, I, have, I have these moments where I'm like faced with a decision and it's really these moments where I'm like, what, what would be your will, God? And I'll ask, I'll say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? I'll just stop in the middle of somewhere and I, I don't always hear anything. I just, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Because I just wanna be on his path. I don't wanna be anywhere else. Anywhere else is, is my own thinking is dangerous. And I think we don't like this because it's, it feels like our freedom is being taken away, right? The will of God, it's like, hey, well, there's, there's direction he's asking of me. There's, I heard one person say it this week, there's parameters. That's how we describe the will of God. He's like, it's kind of like having parameters and he's asking us to kind of step this way and that way in his will every single day. It's about the general idea of life, which is linked with wisdom. And so for God, he would say, like, I want you to be, I want you to live generously. This is a deep command that we see throughout the Bible. Yes, financially, but with everything you do, not holding on to anything too much. Like being willing and ready to give the shirt off your back if that's what he calls you to do. To, to be hospitable even when it's not great for the family. To give money even when it pinches a little bit. Like he's calling you to live generously, but for us, that's hard, right? For us, it's like, well, I earned that money, but I'm saving for new shoes or whatever. Like I, I really wanna have this and I wanna have this thing and I wanna go this trip and I wanna go to this, you know what I'm saying? And so he's, he's trying to help us see that. Like there are parameters to this thing. Yes, there is grace. Yes, there is freedom. But he's calling you to live by his will because he loves you. He's not trying to hold things back from you. That's not his will or heart. He's trying to help you see that there's a lot of options in life and there's a lot of things that can actually hurt you, not help you and help you to flourish and grow in that grace, in that will, in that freedom. For some of us, it's living by a biblical sexual ethic. And, and God is saying, listen, like, this is how I've designed it. This is how I've made it. And we don't like that because it feels, again, like he's encroaching on our freedom. He's encroaching on these places. And God's saying, I, I, I'm doing this to help you, to, flir to help you flourish so that you would understand, like, this is the way I've made it for the right reasons. I think of, again, a lot of stories about Bowman tonight, but let's, we're just gonna, he's not here. Who cares? Doesn't matter, right? Like, that was a joke. You can laugh in church. It's fine. Relax, everyone. He, I love him very much, okay? Relax. He, like, we want to create parameters for him at home. Like, he can't play with everything in the house. Imagine I was like, Bo, everything I have is yours, including the knives. You know what I mean? Like, that wouldn't, wouldn't be a great step for Bo to be like, okay, like, let's run with knives. If you've met Bo, you've seen him run, you would not want to put a steak knife in that kid's hand. It would be bad, you know? Like, I remember telling Georgia when she was little, like, Georgia, you can't eat the DVDs. Like, it's not a good, it's not a good spot for you. So we're going to, right, we're going to put a lock on that. We're going to put a lock on the chemicals. We're going to make sure you don't drink any of that stuff. Like, we make sure there's certain spots the kids can't go. And for them, like, but why? Like, why can't, like, you can play with trucks. You can play with blocks. You can play with this. You can play with that. We can even watch a show. We can wrestle. We can cuddle. We can go outside. Whatever you want to, all of these things are open to you. This is my heart for you. This is my will for you. But you just, these things aren't going to help you. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say to me? This is the will of God. The understanding this, walking in wisdom in our Christian walk is to walk in his will, which means to understand, understand this, that freedom isn't having everything and anything you want. It's having the ability to choose anything you want, but recognizing not everything is helpful. That's really key. 
And so then finally, Paul gets to this last point about how to walk in wisdom or, or attached to the wisdom. He's, he says this again, I'm gonna read it again because I think it's really good. And do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Verse eight, Paul has, excuse me, 18, not eight. Paul has been, again, contrasting up to this point, foolish, walk in the will, wise, right? All these things. And then he says, don't come under the influence of alcohol, but be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. It's the same kind of description there. Drunkenness, we, like it doesn't take a neuroscience degree to understand that drunkenness impairs your ability to make wise decisions. I think that's a fair statement. We can all agree with that. This word debauchery really is, it means to be without any ability to yield, to slow down, to ask the right question. Zero restraint kind of is what he's saying. We don't really use that word, but I do think it's important to recognize what he's saying here. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. It leads to debauchery. You see that a lot in the Bible, but be filled with the Spirit. You wanna walk in wisdom? He's linking it to the Holy Spirit, which is so key, and we're gonna hit that in a moment. Before we do that, can we talk about alcohol for a second? Because I don't want to graze over that because I think you'd be like, Let's, yeah, I do want to talk about that. I have questions about that. That's important. I think this matters. You can search, you can search the text, and by that I mean the Bible, and you're not going to find a, um, a verse on abstinence from alcohol. In fact, you'll find the opposite. It's, it's true. It's not prohibition. It's not pro-prohibition. It's like most times you'll find the opposite. You'll find that wine and alcohol is linked with celebration and joy and coming together with friends and celebrating what God has done in the lives of many people. And it's, it's established, it's clear that like with faith in God at the center, there are many things in this world that should bring us joy and him glory and wine and, and drink often are at the center of that when you read both the Jewish history and in the New Testament as we keep going, whether it's Jesus turning water into wine, whether it's lots of what Paul talks about, etc. You'll see it. They honored God in thanking him for his grace and goodness. They honored the community by bringing people together because something has happened. And then they honor the moment with food and like lots of good food, lots of good wine. That's the truth. That's there. And I think that's important. In today's culture, in, in our city that has a great scene of patios and late night bars and, and microbreweries and wineries, friends, I grew up in the Okanagan, okay? I know wine, like I've seen great, like wineries are everywhere. It's everywhere. Like I know, I, I see that. But as a Christian, also not as, but as a Christian, as a Christian, I want to suggest some biblical thoughts, some wisdom here on this thought. And as your pastor for this service, I want to throw out some ideas because, um, there's, again, no part of me that wants to be legalistic here. I love you guys. And I'm wondering if sometimes alcohol is one of those lines or lights, like Adam said last week, if you were here, that we like to kind of put the dimmer on, you know? And I, I worry about that. And I wonder about that. So firstly, let me just say this. I think sometimes we skip steps one and two, what I just mentioned. Meaning when it comes to wine and alcohol, we don't invite people over. We aren't honoring something that God has done in us or in the community. It's not like, come, yes, let's celebrate. All oh, this person is gonna marry, or whatever it is. This is beautiful, this is wonderful, it's a wedding, whatever it is. We just had a hard day. We just had a hard one today, and so I need a hard one tonight. And it becomes this kind of ice, drinking in isolation, which I think is kind of like, I think is kind of interesting. Because it's not the biblical concept of bringing people together for wine and celebration, right? You guys see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's true, right? Because life is hard. Like life is really difficult. And so we don't wanna deal with life. And so what do we do? We numb ourselves with all sorts of things. Food, alcohol, it doesn't matter. Alcohol is just one of these things. 
So I think, again, alcohol is linked with celebration and community, not isolation. And I think that's important to know. I do think, too, there is a real acceptance of just, like, casual, like, day drinking, like, it's Tuesday rosé, whatever. I don't know, like, moms at, like, 1230 picking up kids with a wine bottle in their car as, like, a joke, right? Like, I instantly think of Modern Family. I think of, what's the mom's name? Claire? Is that it? Have you guys seen that show? No, just me? Good to know. Nobody watches TV? Good to know. Right, that's what I'm going to assume when you don't respond, just so you know. That you're all hermits with no television whatsoever. Good to know. Like, I instantly think that, right? Like, I think, like, like it's just, like, very much socially accepted anytime, anywhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Like, that sort of idea, concept, whatever it may be. And I think, again, why would we allow and let the culture set the tone for anything and then let it become a Christian norm, rather than saying, what is the will of God? What is wisdom saying? And how is that my everyday norm? Does that make sense? And so I, I just wonder, like, again, if you wouldn't let the society or culture dictate how you're going to live your life on most things, wh- why is alcohol kind of like this black sheep that gets to be dictated by the culture and music and world, whatever it is? I think it's just important to take breaks from everything in life. doesn't matter what it is. Maybe not your spouse or like friends. But you know what I mean? Like there's certain things in life that is important that's like, I'm just going to take a break on that. I'm not going to keep doing that. And so I think regardless of your relationship with alcohol, whether you come from alcoholism in your family or whether it's a really healthy relationship right now, that's great. I do think it's important to just say, you know what? I'm going to see... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that. I'm going to just abstain from that for a little while and, and let God speak to me in this season, right? You would do that with social media, hopefully. You would do that with maybe the certain foods. When I, you guys have heard my journey on fasting. I like to fast. Fasting is like, it's interesting to me how, how much food had actually gripped my heart for a long time in comfort throughout COVID. And I really had to make sure to lean on the Lord in that. And so I just think whatever it is for you to understand, maybe you've created a habit Maybe, unfortunately, you, something happened in life that triggered you to now find comfort in something like alcohol. And it would just be like, I wouldn't do a very good job if I was up here not to say, listen, there is comfort in Jesus. That alcohol, drinking too much or enough just to make you feel better at night isn't helpful for you. That Jesus wants to be that marker, that thing you run to that comfort at the end of the night. And so if you decide to take a week or two or three or four weeks just off just because, and you find it really hard, then maybe you have hit something on the head that, yeah, I was, I was just a little bit too attached to that. Because I don't want anything to control me except the Holy Spirit, except the Lord. I want his wisdom to dictate. And so I, I wanted to have that like open letter dialogue to you guys. By dialogue, I mean me just screaming at you um, about, about it because I think it's important and I don't think we talk about it all the time. And so again, I don't see a biblical case for abstinence, but I do see a lot of things here as well. And we can talk about Romans 14. If there's people in your house or in your family struggling with it, why it's important as a leader to say, I don't need this. Although it's not sinful in nature, it definitely can become that. And I know that as a leader, I'm gonna step away from it because God is calling me towards something different right now, right? And so just finding those moments are really important, okay? All right, we can have more conversations. You can, you can message me at chris at gt.church or steph at gt.church. I'd be happy to get that back to you. Just a few final thoughts as we close on walking in wisdom. 
Friends, wisdom is, is made to inspire you. Wisdom should innovate. It should be a part of increasing a closeness to the will of God. Absolutely. When it comes to wisdom from the Holy Spirit, it should inspire and innovate in you and increase a closeness to the will of God. Like that's, that's how I see wisdom, which I know this is kind of like, this isn't as practical as I typically am, but I just was so enamored by this, this chunk of scripture. Wisdom is not going to impair you. It's not gonna isolate you and or influence you towards a lonely, selfish walk in your ways. That's the difference. Wisdom should encourage, inspire. It should absolutely increase a closeness to the spirit. It should not impair. It should not push you away. It should not isolate you or influence you towards a lonely walk. It would not, that's not what wisdom would do. So what do we do? Because I know for you, I wanna walk in wisdom. Absolutely, I think we would all agree. I want you to understand that wisdom is not about big decisions. Like that's discerning moments of should I move or like wisdom is the everyday following the will of God. That's what we need wisdom for. But how, right? Be filled with the spirit. At the end of the whole thing, right? Like what does he really say? At the end of it all, let's go back to it. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, don't be foolish, know the will of God. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Like that's his, that's his encouragement to you. That's his step, that's his advice, that's his practical thought. Be filled with the Spirit. That's what he's saying. You wanna be under the influence of something? You want wisdom? Run to the Holy Spirit. Seek the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit. Let him, the Spirit of God, guide you, direct you, talk to you. I heard a really great example of this, and I think this will, this will help you understand. Like, for sure, there's no one smarter than my wife. She's not here. You can tell her I said that, okay? Like, it's just the truth. She's just, she is, when it comes to those, she just is smarter. Um, and she's, she's extremely rational and realistic. And I'm like, what if we did this? What if we did that? Like, I get one moment a day where I'm like, can I just... I get one mo big moment a day where I'm like, big idea of the day, we sell everything and we'll move to Morocco or something. I don't know. I'll just say something outlandish. We sell everything and we invest in Red Bull racing team. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Let's go Red Bull. Come on. Big win yesterday. Big win for Stappen. You know what I'm talking about? If you know, you know. Like I'll say something ridiculous. And Trina, she's, she's smart. She's thoughtful. She's intentional. She's wise. She thinks things through, she slows down, she advocates for people, she champions people when they don't see it. When she leaves the house, when I'm on my own, I just, I kind of run a little bit crazy. Like, I like make a lot of decisions. I one time adopted a kid online without telling her because she wasn't around. It was, I just, don't worry, don't worry, it's he's fine. I just like, just didn't talk to her about it. Like I just, I get really excited about things and I just like, I go to town and, it's not smart all the time. And then when she comes back home or when she comes back close to me, I'm a little more like down, I, I'm a little more centered. I, like I, I understand a little bit better like where we're headed as a family, not where just what I'm thinking on Thursday night, right? And this is the same, hear what I'm saying? Just like you have relationships with family and friends and spouses and, and whoever it may be, for many of us, we kind of just, take a moment, we do our own thing for a while, walk in our own wisdom and our own ways and our own thoughts and our own direction. 
and we kind of drift off almost from the Holy Spirit, like we don't need his input. We don't need his thought. We don't need his direction. But you can tell when you're walking in step with the Spirit because you just feel more centered. Like there's just a, there's a closeness, right? And I know that's, it's like me with my wife and I, with Trina for sure. And I, it's the same with us with the Holy Spirit. And I think if we had a greater understanding that that's just the, that's the personal relationship that the Holy Spirit wants with you. He's not looking for you just to go off on your own, do your own thing and come back once in a while. Like he wants that everyday conversation. As you head into that big meeting, as you're tackling a hard project at work, as you have that big midterm, whatever this next year at, at, at university, as you're having that hard conversation with a son or a daughter or a friend or a spouse, he wants to be there. He wants to help you walk in wisdom. And see, God be filled with the spirit. That's why he's saying that. There's like a closeness here that's really important. And we, we have to see this. And I want you to know that the, like when, when that happens, you, you just change, you're more centered. You're like, you begin to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all of your heart. Like this stuff happens, you're changed. You see the fruit of the spirit. This is, a, this is Galatians now, right? Like we, we've read this before. If you've been in Sunday school, you've heard it. Since we live by the spirit, would you stay in, walk in step with the spirit? That's Galatians 5.25. Like we see that happening. And every day you have that choice to walk in the flesh, your own wisdom, your own thoughts, your own ideas, or to say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Fill me now, Lord. And it's not like he's left you. For like, I, I haven't talked to God like that in a long time. I don't know if he would, he hasn't left you. He's not like gone forever. It's not how this works. And tonight I really believe that for some of you, you need just a filling of the Holy Spirit to leave here like, truly like full in heart and Steph led a team rally so well and same idea like just full by the Holy Spirit standards not by your standards not what full looks like to you but what looks like to him so that you could walk in wisdom so you could discern what is right so you could stay close to his heart so you could like follow step by step his plans his will to walk in his parameters that's his heart for you so I just want to pray for that we don't have to make it a thing. It just needs to be personal and authentic and real. Would you stand to your feet? Let me pray over you. Team's coming up. We're gonna sing one more song. All across this room, would you close your eyes for me? Would you posture yourself? I know we're like the cool evening service that doesn't like to show and say a lot of things. But could you like truly like posture yourself? So lift your hands, open your heart, uh, palms to the sky if that's helpful. Like give yourself a moment here to just detach from who you came with and how you came, but just to say, Lord, I'm listening, I'm leaning in. I'm taking a moment here. Don't try and rush this moment away. Imagine this moment, like you could really have a tangible like transformation spot here with the Holy Spirit. He sees you, he knows you. He wants to walk with you. Holy Spirit, tonight we ask that you would fill every heart, every person. That these hands are raised, these skilled, gifted hands are raised. God, we want to be people who walk in wisdom. We don't want to walk in our own thoughts. We don't want to be um, directed by emotion where we are happy one moment, angry another. God, we want to be directed by something smarter, something greater, something more loving and more compassionate. And Jesus, we know that it's you. It's not us, it's you. 
And so I pray for the person who heads into a hard spot tomorrow at work, where they really feel wisdom on their heart, in their mind. For that person who just had an experience with you, uh, whether it's baptism or salvation, or they just come close to a new group of friends, they feel really close to you, God. They feel like you're walking right there. I pray they'd feel even more with your power, with your spirit. They'd feel even more close to you, God, because you're walking right there with them. I pray for that person who's lonely in here, isolated, for that person who is struggling, for that person who is like, I'm barely getting to Sundays, let alone moving forward, taking steps. God, I pray you would wipe away the, the, the discouragement. You'd wipe away the lies. You would fight against anything that's causing them to build up a wall between you and them. And right now we would see every brick broken down in Jesus' name, that there would be an infilling right now in the heart of every person here, that they'd feel strengthened, equipped, and empowered to have the hard conversation, that they would go with you, Holy Spirit, that there would be words of wisdom, there would be songs of praise, there would be hymns that connect them to you, because God, you're moving and working in them. God, I pray we would see you, Holy Spirit, tonight as a friend as a comforter, not as someone who's far away, not as someone we don't understand, not as some ghost, but God, as a true, as a person right now, advocating, championing, and challenging every heart and soul in here. So let us walk, but walk in wisdom. Let us walk in love, but wisely. Let us walk in, in boldly, but wisely. Whatever it is, let us walk with wisdom, being filled with the Spirit, understanding that you're close to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, one more time, as hands are raised, as hearts are open, just pray for that person right now who maybe is struggling with alcohol abuse, who maybe has come from a family where there was a lot of alcoholism and has and is just ha had this fight against it their whole life. In Jesus' name, I pray you would break the chain that they feel is gonna hold them to any bottle, any drink, any isolation. I pray in Jesus' name that there would be freedom in this room tonight for the person who just feels like they always have to run to something and it's not you. I pray tonight they'd run to you, Holy Spirit. They'd be filled in their heart with love and encouragement and they know that there is wisdom that comes from you, God. So I pray that you would replace any substance tonight. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, let's leave with the team, let's sing together.